Is your business stuck in one spot struggling to grow? Our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator at winninggym.com slash grow has your back. Sign up now for easy wins, no more struggle, just straight growth. You've got this. Now let's head on back to the show. You are listening to the Built to Grow podcast, delivering the knowledge in all things fitness business. We help gym owners win. Here are your hosts, Tim Lyons and Randy Exton. All right. Welcome back to the Built to Grow podcast. I am your host, Tim Lyons in studio. Joined, as always, on election day, Randy Exton. What's up, guy? Hi, <laughs> buddy. Did you go out and vote? I have my vote. I had an early ballot. I just haven't dropped it off yet. So that's my, my trip home. On your way home, I'm going to drop it off. Well, I don't have to wait in line, so. That's true. Right to the front. Right to the front. All right. A couple things to note, y'all. We've got a, a CLA workshop, the final one for 2020, December 3rd and 4th. This will be the last one of the year. This will also be the last one at this price point. So $24.97 for, I think it's 2500 bucks for mm-hmm. this uh, two-day workshop with me and you. And uh, next year is going up to three, 3000 so $29.97. So if you want to save $500, this would be the one you want to get into. Uh, what's the URL for that? Winninggym.com slash workshop. Winninggym.com slash workshop. Hopefully everybody's having a great 2020. Uh, looking forward to seeing what happens after this selection cycle. Hopefully uh, things settle down and we get back to the way they were before. Huh? I mean, I, it's just crazy that, I mean, even at this point, like, you know, there's so much unknown that like half, you know, every major city's boarded up. I know. And we're sitting here not knowing what tomorrow looks like as the the entire state of our country. It's shocking yeah. that this is how. It's come down to know, this. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, for everything, right? Just to move forward with life and not have this be every single other thought everybody's talking about. Yep. Let's the get text, it over with. The social media, the email, everything is the election. So. Yeah, so let's not talk about that. Let's yeah, talk about on. let's talk about your fitness business. This is a business, by the way. This is not a hobby for you. Well, if you're listening to this, it probably isn't a hobby because you wouldn't be spending time learning and, and trying to, to implement things. Uh, you had a call the other day. You mentioned this mm-hmm. to me, and I thought, man, this would be a great topic because I think this is something that happens, at least at the beginning of everybody's journey from trainer to solopreneur into a business owner and then building a team around it. Mm-hmm. So take everybody through that call. Real yeah. Quick. And the, it is a bigger issue than just this call. And I'll kind of touch, touch on that a little bit, but this specific call, um, newer gentleman in the business for the, the running his fitness business for the first time. Um, he's been a trainer for years, uh, but he's had his business about three years. He owns a, he has a facility, right? I believe he had a facility. I don't remember if it, he had a facility or if he was working out of another facility, but Ultimately, he controlled his, he had a fitness business. Okay, like was, he was growing. The problem was he was still at that solopreneur stage. He didn't have a team. He, literally nobody else in his wheelhouse other than um, a part-time trainer that he could account on uh, just for a couple of sessions. But ultimately, the problem was he had some reservations. He was resistant around growing his business because of two things. He felt that in order to, as his business grew, there was no way around the quality of the training slipping or the relationship that he personally had with his client slipping. And so, you know, throughout our call, 
I, I kind of let him explain his business and things like that. And then I kind of, I don't want to say called him out on it, but I went back to that. And I said, you know, why do you feel like those are like mutually exclusive ideas? Why do you feel like you can't add people to the business and yet maintain a top level uh, of result, quality, quality of, yeah. of training as well as the relationship or knowing the clients? And ultimately, you can be the face of the business without being a knowing every detail of your client's life. I mean, we, we I mean, I know today, you know, most of the clients that walk through the door, you know, and mm -hmm. you're not actively on the training floor training every one of them. Right. So, right. you know, I just kind of asked him that. And then it was kind of interesting. It came up in an, one of our coaching calls, actually, with somebody else. And the thing I found unique here was he is a successful business owner, has a business, does spend a lot of his time working on the business and not just in the business, but he still does maintain time on the training floor. And he too still has some reservations around giving up certain clients or giving up clientele and allowing his trainer to step in and train his clients. Yeah, There is something about the transition from, and maybe it's just the path of those that are in a full trainer role before becoming the business owner, right? that they can't cut that tie. They, they can't see both sides of the coin and, and know <sighs> how to kind of tiptoe that line and do it successfully. Yeah. Well, I, it's definitely something that should be talked about. Because it is, it's a real concern, sure. Because I'm trying to go back to the beginning with me and I kind of had a little bit of that, like where I didn't, this is your baby. You don't sure. want to bring anybody on the team. Nobody's going to do as good as you. And as soon as you realize that nobody is going to do it as good as you or care as much as you, once you realize that and you accept it, then you can get past that point. So nobody will care or do or work as hard than the person that's financially on the hook for the business. That's just the way it is. Yeah, but the other side of that coin is, you know, as a business owner or as a leader, Mm-hmm qualities of a good leader is finding the people in the specific roles they're supposed to be doing that know those roles better than you, perhaps, you know, or are, are capable of executing, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room type of thing, mm -hmm. assemble the team of professionals who are good in those respective areas. Yeah, better, you know? better than you. Like, yeah. So maybe that trainer can execute the, you know, the, the training session better than you, but maybe they don't understand how you formulated the program design or how to balance your P&L. Like, that's okay, right? They right. don't need to be the business owner. Sure. But make, find that exceptional, again, and back to the client experience, maybe not just the results-driven individual, but the person who can execute that role and responsibility well, to the best of their ability. As long as you understand if you don't make the change, you're never going to scale the business because it's all on your shoulders. If you're willing to accept that, then, then you stay there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you won't go anywhere because you can only do so much. I mean, what can you do? You can add more people to the hour. I mean, you still only have eight hours, 10 hours in a day. You can actually physically do this stuff. So you either add more people, you charge more. Uh, that's it. I mean, I don't or, know of anything or, or, else. I mean, uh, or you extend your hours if possible, right? You, more you, you work more time. So you work more, but, but that's all based on the one person doing, doing exactly. the work. So, so let's talk about that. So how do you do a great job but be able to scale at the same time. Well, there's a lot of things that we talk about in our coaching program. This is the the question that comes up is, you know, how do I train these coaches in a way that they can perform the same, I guess, duties or programming or workouts that I would do? And, mm -hmm. and the answer is really simple. I mean, if you go back to any successful franchise out there in the world, there's trainings, there's systems, there's ways you do things. Yeah, maybe training 
personal training is a little bit more complicated than putting the bun and the burger and the in the pickles and the thing on there and then you move sure, on moving it down the line yeah sure but it, everything can be systematized it, i mean there's, there's i mean hell there's car manufacturing plants that are systematized on a conveyor belt and they just everything it's it's piecing it out attention gym owners are you ready to take your business to the next level Join our exclusive Facebook group, Profit Accelerator, and unlock the potential to scale your gym to $30,000 a month and beyond. In the Profit Accelerator group, we're going to focus solely on helping gym owners just like you win. We offer regular training sessions and share our best proven strategies to boost your business. Join us now by searching for Profit Accelerator on Facebook. Be part of a community that's all about success and growth, the Profit Accelerator, where gym owners thrive. All right, now let's get back to the show. So... The big thing when you're doing semi-private training and when you're doing, when you have a team of coaches is to maintain the customer experience, no matter who they train with, no matter what time of the day they come in and what coach they're with, their experience is going to be the same. And the only way to do that is obviously training your team. Yep. Going over it over and over. We expect this. We expect this. We put we put our standards. We call it the standard. Our standards in place for every time somebody comes into the gym, every workout needs to have these things. Mm -hmm. But the big one is the programming of the workout has to come from the gym. Exactly. Has to come from the gym. In the beginning, the early days of Pulse Fitness, we didn't have it come from the gym. The, the coaches drove the workouts. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting in my gym one day, and you may have been there, you probably were, and I was just looking around and seeing what was happening. I'm like, oh my God, yes. this is a complete <laughs> shit show because in one corner you had the bodybuilder dude, yep, and he was training these figure girls. In the other corner you had a CrossFit guy, and he was like going, you know, ham bone on the, uh, you know, Murph or whatever <laughs> something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then, you, then you had another coach that was training like 68 to 80 year olds with bands and everything. I'm like, this, this is chaos. This is that whole that whole adage like we train everybody. That was true, absolutely. Because we had a coach for anybody. We had a sports performance guy, a CrossFit guy, a bodybuilder, two girl, you know, a girl that did uh, figure, figure bikini. Sure. Yeah. And then we had uh, the geriatric trainer, and, and everything. We could take anybody: yeah. kids, grandmas, athletes, bodybuilders, powerlifters, CrossFitters. But it was chaos, and it, it was. did in. As bad as that sounds, it still worked pretty well because all the coaches were pretty professional. They were very tenured, independent style coaches that had been around the oh, block yeah. a couple of times. They kind of knew everybody and they worked around each other just fine. But from the business standpoint, you don't know what you're getting that day. Well, and not only that, but as we go back to the business and the way that that was structured and the pay scale and the things like that, ultimately the business was the last to eat. Mm -hmm. You know, and so the the ability to sustain that for the long term. Oh, we had a change. That was exactly why you're sitting in this seat. Yeah, we yeah. had a change immediately, and that mm -hmm. only lasted less than a year. Yeah, like whoa, mm -hmm. I pumped the brakes. Something's not doesn't add up. The dollars and cents don't add up. So we we took it in house. We took the training over. We took our programming over. We had one coach that was designing the programs, and we'd go over the programs every week with our with our team, and we were talking about the workouts and the scaling up and down. We morphed into this, you know, what we are today, and that's a training team that works as a team. Any client could train with any coach. The programming comes up from the top down, and everybody's on the same page. And that's how you maintain the coaching and the customer experience that the guy you were talking to didn't know how to do. Yep, absolutely. 
but I had to let go of it and we had to let the team take over and we had to find the right team because you get some bad apples in there. Just like it, you're just going to have to figure out, you know, as this goes, and guys update, uh, we just had a great interview with, <laughs> yes. a, with a new coach. We, we like her. We'll probably give her an offer. Uh, today, but uh, I know everybody was like, "Man, I'm sorry to hear you know, yeah, about is, the chaos." It's so oh, the everybody, staffing side. Yeah, everybody's like, "Man, I'm sorry to hear that, dude." It happened to me too, not that long ago. Because you know, a couple episodes I was talking about the chaos with our staff, and yeah, it happens to us too. So yeah, um, I don't know what it is, but there isn't a whole lot of coaches out there looking for work for some reason. A couple things based on your last point. I know that we, there's a couple things that we talk about t- traditionally when it comes to teaching somebody a task or a role. I know that like you've got a certain belief, like when somebody is capable of, of taking over a role, you know, and successfully managing that role, how do you go about handling or delegating that? You know, I'm getting at. Well, yeah, it's a big deal. Like it's a, it's almost like a, you've been knighted when you, when I let you do, like when I give you the responsibility of this, like at the training level, like, you know, Zach, you're in charge now. It's a step up. Like that, they take that seriously ownership and ownership yeah. of it and they and they own it and they take it and it they do well with it i probably am not the best person for going back to that whole hr and performance reviews and stuff <laughs> if the job's getting done great if it's not i'll let you know like yeah. I, it's just, it's not the right way to do it I, i'm the worst at it in fact zach's even worse than i am <laughs> he, he, should, he should we talked about it not that long ago we got to get back to these performance reviews because um, it's just needed, but yeah, you have to give that feedback loop. How mm-hmm. am I doing? Especially when you have a new coach, when you have a new coach, you have to be on top of them for at least the first six months of their play. I mean, until you can just let them off and, you know, check in with them every so often, but yeah, don't, I don't do a very good job at it. Not the best at it, but, uh, having that responsibility given to them, they know it's a big deal and good. they take ownership yeah. of it. So it's great. But yeah, having performance reviews, I would highly suggest that, especially in the first six months. Um, and then do it quarterly or biannually or annually after that. I think you'll be all right. Agreed. So there you have it, guys. If you want to scale, you've got to give up responsibility. When I did that, that's when we that's when we shot off. When I got out of the way, I didn't realize it. I was the linchpin. What is that? Yeah, the the, yeah you're the linchpin of the, the bo- business. That's what I was bottleneck yeah. of the business. Because Every, everybody felt like they had to get approval through me. Mm-hmm. And when I started letting people take responsibility and make decisions. My, we talk about this a million times on the show. My, my whole thing is I want you to make a decision. I'm more, more excited when you make a decision, even if it's wrong, than no decision. Yes. Because when you don't make a decision, you're standing still. Nothing happens. Yeah. And if you're waiting on me just to tell you yes or no, then you're not the right person. Yeah. Probably. You, know? you probably have enough, uh, you know, within you to, to make that decision. Yeah. So I agree. So putting trust in your team is absolutely imperative. But for that gentleman that you're talking about, I think just breeding the team up from the ground up and, and training and st- you know holding their hand and you know showing them the ropes and then finally letting them go. Because I think essentially people want that responsibility. They don't want to yeah. just be told what to do. They want to have the ability to make decisions and do things on their own and just be rewarded or or corrected along the way. And that's the point is you got it. You have to let go. Yeah. I think ultimately too, another thing is if you find yourself in that position and you know that that's like it, the awareness is there, guys, that you have to make a decision. I mean, the conversation that I had with him, I mean, he had been working with a coach who, who had given him, I mean, this, this gentleman was so self-aware of the problem that he had in his business and he was still a hundred percent frozen on, on making a decision. So his business will not change 
for the better until he decides to kind of get out of his own way and do what he knows he needs to do despite what he feels he needs to do. He needs to, you know, juggle those priorities and understand that, you know, the need to scale far, far out, outweighs the chance that his results are going to slip or that he's going to not know the people walking through his front door. You know, those, those are what ifs. And you don't have to do it all at the same time. You Absolutely. can You can slowly bleed clients off and let them work with another coach for a while and check in mm -hmm. versus, all right, they're all yours. See, I'll see you next week. That, you know, you don't have to do it that way. But and that's exactly he's gotta, it. you got to make a decision. Mm -hmm. or, or maybe your decision is not to grow. Also true. But then, you, then you'd be damn happy and you would be on the phone with us trying to figure out how to fix it. Fix it. Yeah. <laughs> So there you guys go. There you go. All right. Well, that's it for this show, guys. Until next episode, go sign up for CLA. Keep changing <laughs> lives. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Built to Grow podcast. And if you're not subscribed already, be sure to do that right now by clicking the subscribe button on Apple iTunes. And if you enjoy this episode, we'd love it if you do us a quick favor, rate and review the podcast. See, this lets the platform know that we're doing something right and people like the content. It would be a huge help and we'd be extremely grateful. And if you're interested in growing your fitness business as well, go ahead and head on over to timlyonsbook.com and pick up a free copy of my book, Built to Grow. Until next time, keep building something great.